5 o'clock in pirate country, and it's time to get pumped up with the P-Man. Hit the door and hit the road. 94.3 The Game is going to get you home, and the P-Man's not holding back. Yes! Yes! Pirates win! Pirates win! Bring on the Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game. Holy mackerel! The flagship station of the ECU Pirates. Okay, welcome, uh, welcome, welcome to you. It is uh, Patrick Johnson. It is a Thursday, and it is the Patrick Johnson Show. Already the uh, end of the work week, practically, Phil. I love a short week. We got to go to four-day work weeks. It'd be the greatest thing ever. It would be wonderful. I'm all for it. Middle of the day naps too, like they do in Spain. I'm all for that too. You we say that, that, but then you'd stay. You you wouldn't eat dinner till like eleven o'clock, Patrick. I think that's yeah, when you eat dinner over there. The you drawback. Would, yeah, that's the drawback uh, to that whole thing. That's the drawback. I I knew some people that had our person that had lived there for a while, and they said it is very real that whole situation in Spain of late dinners and long naps during the day. It's it's a little sleepy, literally. And uh, I guess they weren't big, huge fans of it. It was charming at first, but, you know, I think it kind of wore on them eventually. So not sure where they moved. I know they moved out of there. I'm not sure where they moved to, but uh, it was years ago. Uh, welcome. Nice to have you along as we have uh, a huge addition on a Thursday. We've got uh, Jim Zoki coming up in a little bit, Panthers Radio Network. The regular season for the Carolina Panthers mercifully comes to an end, Pilk, mercifully. Might be the understatement of the year. Okay. Just wanted to make sure. And uh, we'll talk about the uh, Tampa game, but also what's kind of been going on this week with uh, David Tepper and uh, and all of that. Jim Zoki will be uh, will be checking in with us. And then Brian Mull later on, college basketball writer. Pirates uh, lose the conference opener at FAU. They'll have Tulsa coming up on Sunday from the uh, Coliseum. In fact, We'll also give away a, a set of tickets, a pair of tickets, to the uh, game. Uh, so stand by to dial for that coming up in uh, just a little uh, bit. Uh, big news today, uh, I think, has has to be outside of the transfers, and we'll get to that in a minute. Uh, earlier on this station, during uh, Hoist the Colors, Mike Houston appeared on the program, and uh, Coach Houston uh Sat down for the whole hour with Steve and I go. A lot to go through there. Uh, if you missed it, you can go and uh, check out the podcast on the IBX Media app or wherever you download your favorite podcast of uh, Hoist the Colors Radio. Uh, my big takeaway uh, from that, Pilk, I, I guess, is the Pirates are still going to be active shoppers, they say, in the uh, in the portal. Um, that's something that Coach Houston kind of said last year, too, uh, before – they wound up really with uh, with no one, and uh, and we saw what happened at quarterback. So let's let's see how active the Pirates are. You know, there's a more there's a bigger commitment out of the NIL collective, Team Boneyard, than there was last year from from people donating. So let's see if that yields East Carolina a quarterback. Uh, you obviously were there for the majority of it. I was just uh, part of the listening audience. Is there anything that uh, stood out to you in that conversation from uh, earlier today with Mike Houston that, again, people can go to the IBX media app and relive the magic of? Don't do it right now. Do it later, but not right now. Stay with us here right now. Pilk? Yeah, I mean, he brought up the portal thing, which I thought was, you know, 
kind of clear but interesting. And then the other thing that I kind of took away from it, he said that they haven't, Mason hasn't made an official decision yet, but as of now, he is still with the team. They expect Mason to go through the fall or the spring at least. So, or not Mason, sorry, Alex, my bad, Alex Flynn. I, brain fart, like say, you said, th- four day week. News there, Bill. Yeah, my bad. Alex Flynn. So Alex Flynn will, will hang around until then. Uh, by the way, earlier uh, today, yesterday, we debuted uh, a new angle on uh, our video coverage of the studio. And apparently, I didn't know this till this morning, this was for Michael Buse. This is the Michael Busimi cam, literally. So we see Busimi on Talk of the Town. Is that angle not working any longer? Did he rip the camera out, Pilk? Or, Sorry, or is it still work? Uh, I moved it over from Mike Houston and forgot to bring it back. Ah. Well, you better get it set up for BCB for tomorrow. Yeah. So like, that's all I got to say. Because, uh, that was a popular angle today of Busimi. It was funny. He would, he was crouched up on the board. Actually, now it's Bushimi. He goes by, you know, he's really, he's the first cousin of the famed actor Steve Bushimi. Uh, from, uh, Sopranos fame and Reservoir Dogs fame, uh, Fargo, Boardwalk Empire. You name it, Steve Buscemi. Now Buscemi, who's gone by Buscemi for years since I've known him, now is claiming his he's Buscemi on the air. I think he's trading on his cousin's name. That's yeah. what I think. Yeah, I noticed that a few... Well, it was back when Henry was out and you and I were doing Talk of the Town, I noticed it. He like did an update and was like, hey, I'm Buscemi. And it's like, what? What'd I didn't catch that. Yeah, I didn't I, catch that. I picked up on it. Like, what did you just change your name? He said it's easier for people to pronounce. I don't think necessarily it is. Yeah, I'm with you. It's not. But you see me as ways you're shimmy. Shit right. in the middle of a word is weird. Yeah, it's it's gets you talking shishi. Yeah, but it's you see me. That's how we've known him all these years. I wish I'd known this the day he produced our show last week. And played a bunch of bad '80s rock as the as the bumpers going to break. That was something. That was something. It's like a best of rat was what we had going to break. And I thought Cookies' musical selections were questionable back in the day. Yeah, I, it, AM, I can't believe AM it got Gold. worse than Cookie. Yeah, Cookies got some dorky music that he likes. It's like, you know, like the Osmonds and stuff like that. It's just, it's kind of strange. Let me see if I got my, here it is. Ode <laughs> to cookie there. All right. Um, the other ECU news for today that, uh, I think is, uh, quite important, quite interesting. The, uh, Pirates pick up a defensive, uh, back in a corner. Andrew Wilson Lamp from uh, West Virginia, uh, 6'2", 176 pounds, and uh, he's from Ohio. Good athlete is uh, Lamp, and uh, he now commits to uh, to East Carolina. Uh, according to Igo, it hoists the colors. Starting corner at one time to begin last season for the Mountaineers. Wilson Lamp will have two years of eligibility remaining. Four-star athlete out of high school in Ohio. 
Uh, came out, could have played either receiver or corner, settled in defensively for the Mountaineers. Redshirted in 21, played four games in 22, 11 games. And uh, a pretty good offseason for him last year. Redshirt sophomore was the starting corner for the uh, Mountaineers. 25 games in his career in West Virginia. So this guy's gotten some run. This is not somebody who has played sparingly. Uh, May not have been a starter the whole time, but uh, there he is there. So the Pirates get some help in the secondary. Uh, Also today, Quayshon Sapp, an offensive lineman out of uh, Florida State, who had a lot of offers out of uh, high school. I don't think he was the most heavily recruited out of the portal, but he had a lot of offers out of high school. And he was a guy who was a backup along the front at Florida State. And let's face it, uh, if you are playing offensive line or any kind of line at Florida State, yeah, you got to have some talent. You're pretty good if that's, if that's the case. He, uh, tweeted hashtag go pirates a little earlier this afternoon. So pirates pick up a couple more out of the portal. As we said, Mike Houston saying on, uh, hoist the colors radio today. Here on 94.3, the game with Steve and I go that he's looking to, uh, the Pirates are looking to add a, a quarterback out of the portal. Uh, we got Panthers football coming your way this weekend. It'll be on our sister station, Talk 1037 WTIB, the Marconi Award nominated station. It'll be a 12 noon airtime on Talk 1037, one o'clock kick as the Panthers uh, wrap up the regular season by hosting the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. We'll talk about that and all the goings-on this week in uh, Charlotte and around the NFL with uh, Jim Zoki when we come back. But going to break, we'll do Caller 3 for a pair of tickets to the ECU Tulsa basketball game Sunday. 252-561-TALK. 252-561-8255. You will be a wiener of those tickets if you're caller three. Good luck. Double A You ready for this? Oh, I'm very ready. Okay, ready? You ready? Streaming to the world at 943thegame.com. This is the Patrick Johnson Show. Now in all his glory, here's the V-Man. Coming up on uh, Sunday, we'll have East Carolina basketball for you. And... Uh, That'll be coming your way at 2.30 with a 3 o'clock tip. 94.3 The Game is where you can pick uh, that one up. Let's go now to Jim Zoki, who joins us uh, here telephonically, as uh, Jim's been a a great sport all season, and uh, you kind of have to have your sense of humor with the way it's been this year for the the Panthers. Uh, Zoke, I hope it was a uh, fine new year for you all. When did you return from... From Jacksonville, when did the when did the team bird touchdown? Oh, I you know I if you talked to me last week, you know I was sick, so I ended up doing studio from here with pregame mm. post game. So I, they got back. Okay. it was New Year's night or whatever. But this week I'll be back in with uh, Jake and Anish doing the last game at home against Tampa Bay, and uh, don't have to travel for this one. Were you asleep when the clock struck midnight, like I was? Well, you know, we actually. Um, we made Uh-oh. it. I mean, it was just like, I don't know why. It really is kind of like, why? 
<laughs> so after it happens, I go, why? It's like they just they say yeah. the same thing every year, and then the thing happens in New York or whatever. But it's like, yeah, we were actually awake for it, so we had all that going on. But uh, I'm sorry you didn't Does make Charlotte it. Time do... you make it to? Uh, well, I've been having some uh, neck and uh, shoulder issues. Oh. As uh, the great, late, great Walter Jones said, issues. And um, I uh, I woke up for the last time around 11 and was able to finally sort of uh, zonk out shortly around that and then wake up for a few hours after that. So, All right, so I say this to say I, I'm, I'm down for a little bit, then I'm up to walk around and feel a little better, and that's that's why I'm telling you that. So well, that I was I great. woke up at 11, and I was mad. I thought, you know, I'm going to be here at midnight, and then I'm going to be amped up, and I won't be able to go to sleep. But I went back to sleep. <laughs> so it's And I, I probably I'm was, I think overrated. I was, I, oh, it's the worst. And And I think I was up when it turned midnight in Hawaii. Like I was able, okay, I was up and having coffee. Somewhere. Yeah, yeah I, I, you know. Somewhere. So I think they dropped a pineapple. I'm not sure. I think that's what they did. <laughs> uh, do. They, a what do they? What are they? Can of spam? It's a giant can of spam. Yes, in, in right. It's it's spam on a on a fishing pole. Um, what is what do they drop in Charlotte? You know, I guess in Raleigh they drop the acorn. In Mount yeah. Olive they drop the pickle. Uh, you know, there's a possum drop out in the mountains. Does Charlotte drop anything? They do a countdown thing. I'll be honest. I don't know. I should know this. I don't. I don't know. Um, we actually had a okay. shooting in downtown Charlotte or surrounding ah. the event this year. So I will not be going near it. Um, so I don't know <laughs> if they were shooting at at that, whatever they were dropping. Right. Like nobody. Nobody right. died, but people were shot. I think there were five people were shot. So it's not a good thing. But it was like I don't know. Um, I don't know. They do. They do a thing downtown. It's like I've never gone to it, so I don't know. Okay. Have you ever been on the air New Year's Eve, by the way? I mean, like at midnight, it had to be like Live? working on the radio. Yeah. No, I yeah. mean, like, obviously, like we were working New Year's Eve as far as the game stuff, but not at midnight. No, I don't think I've ever done a midnight. Last time I did an overnight shift, I think I was in college as far as on the air doing right. like that hour of the day in general. So I right, might have right, back right. in, in college, but it's, that's been a while. You know, um, there was I'm a nerd and a radio nerd, but a nerd. And I remember coming back from one of the New Year's uh, celebrations. I was still at, I don't know if I was college and at home or high school or whatever, but uh, WLW, that, that's the one in Cincinnati, isn't it? They had the big like this big, uh, yeah, they had some big New Year's thing going on where the guy was playing different interviews. And I thought, well, that'd be cool to do a radio show at midnight. You know, ring in the new year that way. And I, 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 I think I pitched it one year to the people at WPTF when I was working there and they looked at me like I had six heads. They're like, you never want to work <laughs> normally. Why would you want to work on this night where nobody would be listening? Is it? Well, good point. Especially outside of the ratings. I thought it'd be cool to, <laughs> right, right. Yeah. I thought I'd be, I thought I just thought it'd have been cool to have been on at midnight, uh, on radio after hearing that. I do remember years a, and years ago. I've always worked. I've always worked morning radio, like 90-whatever percent of my career, yeah. which I'm still on mornings. Yeah. But our, my right. co-host and I, years ago, different co-hosts back in the day at WBT, we decided we were younger and we both had, uh, you know, kids that were really young. So we got babysitters and went out with our wives. And we said, we're going to go out. We're, we're going to go out and do New Year's Eve as a weeknight. And then we're going to get up and do the morning show on New Year's Day. And so you know, we, we get through it or whatever. And we woke up that next morning and go, that was a stupidest thing we've ever done in our lives. <laughs> you know, five in the morning, you have to be up at like 3.30. 
Like, why did we think yeah. that was a cool idea? So that I don't right. do that either. Yeah, that was uh, the youth is wasted on the young. Uh, Jim Zoki <laughs> is with us on uh, on Talk One Hundred Three Seven WTIB Sunday. At uh, noon, it'll be the Panthers Radio Network. We'll have the uh, coverage of the contest for you, 1 o'clock uh, kick against Tampa Bay. So I know people are out there uh, not only yelling things about me like they always do uh, or typing things about me in the uh, in the message board, some guy in his undies in his mom's basement up in Raleigh maybe. I don't know. But uh, they're, they're saying they're yelling right now at their device or their radio, and they're saying you're avoiding the, the big Panthers topic this week. No, we're not. We were just having a little fun as we are apt to do with Zoki. Zoki's a pro, and uh, he knows I'm a pro, or at least I hope he does. And uh, we're the the Tepper thing has been a uh, a big piece of news this week. How? Let me ask you: Has that trickled over any to the players or the coach? I mean, I, were they asked any questions about it this week? That you yeah, heard I was there yesterday, remember? and Chris Chaber, this coach, was asked, and the players were asked, and. Uh, you know, pretty much everyone didn't have anything to say. Shaq Thompson, who's not playing this year because of an injury, was the only one who said, and I'm paraphrasing, that it wasn't good or whatever, but nobody else really said anything. He didn't really go any much further than that. But, like, you know, Chris Tabor was asked about it. He basically re- refused to comment on it. Um, Bryce Young does a podium thing as well, and he said, I know the owner put out a statement. I didn't even read the statement, so I, I have nothing to add to whatever the statement was. And then some players in the locker room, were asked about it, and they didn't, you know, they're not really, I mean, what are they going to say anyways? Because it's not really something that is in their lane. And, I, you know, you work in broadcasting and things like that. You know, when you're with a corporation, say you work for a power company or a hotel chain or whatever, you know, if the if the management has spoken and they've released a statement, probably the worst thing you could do is add on. Is because that statement is supposed right. to represent yeah. the organization. Whether you are satisfied by the response or not, that is the one voice, and that's what they, they have to say about it. So it's Really nothing to be gained by any of the individuals, but of course they were all asked by different media members about it. They just in different ways basically didn't answer it and didn't probably didn't have anything to say. It's really what, what do you say? I mean, what the, the fine was yeah. levied. If you agree with it or not, it was $300,000. That was the amount. So it, it happened. It got paid for. We'll see what, if anything beyond the NFL thing comes, if there's going to be anything from the individual that was the fan or whatever. But right. uh, that's, right. that's, yeah, it's been a big story, of course. It's not a, you know, we'll say it's not a good look. Don't think you should be doing that. I don't think anybody thinks that that, that anybody, any human, should do that. So it's just like it's uh, it's not great overall. Zoki, I do have one we- question for you. If it's okay, Patrick, as it relates to that. You know, some people were upset that he wasn't fined what they thought was enough. I know players; they can only find them X amount of percentage of a salary based off the infraction. How does that work with owners? Could the league have done more? Could they have done less? Is there a set amount? How does that work? Now, I think it's a little arbitrary, thought because I think um, the, the precedent I was using prior to the, the fine being levied was that Bud Adams, the late Bud Adams, the owner of the Titans in 2009, flipped the bird through the glass uh, from his seat, and he got fined $250,000 14 years ago for that. So I thought it would be north of that, which it was somewhat 300000 instead of 250000 I was factoring in inflation. Uh, the addition of the drink contents versus fingers through the glass. So I was trying to do some math that it might be more than 250. So, I mean, I don't think there's a certain set of rules for something like that. You're right for players and that there's more of a kind of a baseline, even though it's somewhat arbitrary there too. Um, but I don't know, you know, 
it felt a little kind of just like, well, we got to come up with an amount, and they did. And so uh, that's just kind of where, where it landed. But I don't know if there's anything in, in writing about how to uh, formulate that. Along with the ultra-aggressive Philip the Ref Pilkington. I'm Sorry. Patrick Johnson. <laughs> Sorry, I thought it was no, video. It was a valid question. No, it was a good question. It was actually a really good question. It wasn't anything inane. So I, I have I have no problem with that. I have no I problem with that. It was great actually a you great before question. this segment ends. He might. He might. That was a, it was a great question though. Um last thing on this because again, what's done is done with this whether you agree with what happened in the uh, penalty phase or not uh is irrelevant and uh you know, it, we'll we'll see where it goes beyond that. Do you know uh, what what maybe led to this? What caused this? Has there been any development of that uh, that you've heard or that's come out? I mean, I just somebody's not just picking up anything and, and randomly tossing it. Uh, I'll be honest. I, I don't agree with. Question. I don't agree with what happened, but I mean, I, I would think something led up to it. Yeah, that's the same question. I don't know what was said. I don't know who the. I don't think the individual has been publicly identified. The fan. Uh, so I, I would think at some point. I mean, how's that not been identified at this point? I mean, there's, there's video of everything. Somebody must know who that fan is that was right there um, and what their plans might be to maybe, you know, get some kind of settlement if there is such a thing that they're interested in doing. But, um, no, I've not heard any that's been, to me, pretty pretty interesting that there's not been more said about who is the fan, what was actually said, did anyone, you know, at least be able to paraphrase. There's, there's people sitting in the um, booth with uh, Dave Tepper and um, – you know, Scott Fitter is there. Obviously, he's not going to talk about it, but there were some other individuals there, but nobody has said what led to it as far as, you know, obviously he was provoked. There's no doubt about it, but the reaction is what was the thing that you can't do. So, You know, um, I'll say this, uh, Jim. It was probably hashtag Florida man. We'll just leave it at that. It was Florida man. <laughs> well, it was, they, were, they, were, they were right in Florida. There they were, so it makes all the sense in the world. Right. Right, yeah, it was Florida man. Uh, Panthers Florida uh, man. pretty well represented, represented, pretty well represented <laughs> at uh, today's practice as far as the injury front goes. Uh, Pinero was uh, Pinero was still out, I, I believe. Uh, maybe a couple others, but uh, good news, I guess, with uh, J.C. Horn working out on a limited basis today. Yeah, I think you know everyone. I think they, they, the good thing is, I mean, they played. Not well at all in this last game at Jacksonville. Last we saw some signs of life with a win and then a near win against, or at least a near tie against Green Bay to send it to overtime. Uh, so things were kind of trending up, but then the clunker last week of all clunkers of the season. And I think, um, you know, they, they are motivated to play. So you're right. I think even though these guys are down to their last game and some of them are dinged up or have illnesses and so forth, I mean, they want to play. DJ Chark was back out there today. Miles Sanders, Amir Smith, Marset both had illnesses that kept them out. Um, mm-hmm. uh, previously in this week. So, yeah, I, I do think, you know, these guys are now trying to mail it in. They do want to get out there and play and try to get one more win. And I'd, here's the thing. If Tampa Bay wins the game, they win the NFC South, and then they're going to celebrate right. that on your field. So the last thing I want to see, I grew up in Ohio, is Baker Mayfield running out there with some oversized Tampa Bay flag <laughs> and spiking it at the 50-yard line like he did in Columbus, Ohio. So. <laughs> well, He was a is, good dude when he that... was here. I'll be honest. He was, he was a good sport, yeah. and he didn't have a good time here as far as uh, didn't stay in that starters role long, but he said nothing or did anything wrong as far as his behavior. He was a, a model citizen, good guy. And obviously, 
has played well for Tampa Bay. He's been, you know, like he is, yeah. he's up and down a little bit, but yeah, he's been solid enough for them. I think they're they're looking to keep him on and bring him back as quarterback in Tampa. You know, and, and it's and you know this covering the NFL now for what thirty some odd years. I mean, uh, it's it's it all depends on the situation you're in. Do you get in the right situation in a lot of these instances? I mean, there are certain people that can transcend any situation, and the situation is about them. But you know, for a guy of of Mayfield's stature in the league, it, can you get into the right situation? And he has. Yeah, and that's. Um... You know, this league, I mean, people just want to come up with final answers about people. And, like, it's, you know, when you're in your 20s or late 20s in his case, you got a lot of football left in you, especially at the quarterback position. That's some other positions. But quarterback, you can play a long time. And even Joe Flacco is a great story. Sitting on the couch at home at 38 years old, and now he's got this great story for Cleveland. And nobody else even called him. I mean, think of all the teams, the New York Jets who had him last year. They could have called Joe Flacco early this year when the Aaron Rodgers yeah. thing happened. They took Trevor Simeon. I mean, it's just like they could have called Joe Flacco. He played for them last year, and they nobody called him. Look, he's played incredibly well. And they're you know we've seen like these moments like Joshua Dobbs. He's so good, and now he's benched. <laughs> and it's like you know these, these guys, you know Nick Mullins. So there's guys that have like this game or two where they play well, or some become great stories, or some you know, fizzle out that were supposed to be big deals. So it's just, it's a long season. And so it's tough to navigate. And I think a lot of teams have been, you know, through their starting quarterbacks and onto their backup quarterbacks because of injuries and so forth. And it's just an ever changing story. So my point in all that is, you know, someone like Baker or someone else, your, your final chapter is not written. As long as you keep playing and getting opportunities to your point, landing in the right spot with the right fit. Um, you guys, they got Mike Evans, right? They got Chris Godwin. I mean, they got real talent yeah. there. So right. I mean, that's a good thing. They got some. With. They still have some dudes from the Super Bowl run, mm-hmm. and uh, the, the Brady. I mean, Evans is is fantastic, just a great. And, and as you say, it's for all the marbles uh, this this go around uh, on on Sunday. Uh, there was an article from uh, the the Panthers that they generated about Thielen. You know, we've talked about everything that's wrong this year. Uh, Thielen has been remarkable, and uh, do you think he's earned his himself? Uh, and, and forgive me for not knowing his contract status. I, th- I believe it's a one-year deal with the Panthers, but uh, if not, he w- do you anticipate him being back or at least another year in the league? I think he, you know, I think he's enjoyed it. So I think, yeah, he's he's certainly been the most valuable part of the passing game all all year by far. Over a hundred catches, over a thousand yards. He shouldn't be those things. There should be other supporting cast that should you know, be digging deeper into those numbers. Uh, but somebody's got to be that guy. And so I, I think he's been terrific. And, you know, obviously Minnesota, after nine years there in his hometown state, uh, moved on. And, you know, they have Justin Jefferson, some big weapons and so forth. So it made sense, I think, on their side. But I think for Adam Thielen, he's enjoyed being here, uh, likes living in Charlotte. Um, so I would think he would have a, a strong interest. And, again, as we all know, there's going to be a new coach. Uh, we'll see what the offensive coordinator position looks like right. as far as the new staff goes. So. Some of that may be fit, like what do they want, you know, what what kind of players fit what they want to do. But I would think in general that, you know, a good pass-catching veteran guy who's got a good chemistry with a young quarterback, it would be nice to carry over some positives, as we've kind of talked about before. You know, what are some of the positives out of the season you can pull forward and, and build around in the future, and even though it wouldn't be a long-term thing? Just a nice bridge veteran, talented guy, good locker room guy would be, um, you know, I think a, an asset to them. 
All right, Zoke, uh, if we wanted to have you next week to preview the playoffs, are you willing to do that, or are you sick of us at this point? I know you're <laughs> sick of us probably in week four, to be honest. but I will do it. Um, yeah, no, I will do that. I think we should get, you know, maybe get the Detroit Pistons play-by-play guy on and ask him how that was this year for him with the 28-game losing streak and if he wants to preview the second half of the NBA season with us. Maybe right, right. Could you imagine that job? Because uh, I don't know what they're doing in Detroit, but – Imagine if it's like the old Steve Holman thing, and they're making you go solo, and you got to load your own equipment for the NBA oh, yeah, season. And, and I have to say, yeah. I don't even know who it is uh, as far as who it is, but it's like, yeah, they're three and thirty-one, and I think with them, at least we have an ending. Like it's here, and as bad as right. it is, and seventeen is long. It's a lot, um, but it's like it's not eighty-two. I mean, they're three and thirty-one. They still have like fifty more to go. <laughs> you, you're right. just sitting there going, let's. The only hope is, in, I think it, I think the record for 82 games is nine wins. The Bobcats were in yeah. a shortened season when they won seven. And I think that, like, by percentage was, like, the worst record by percentage ever, but it ha- happened to land during a shortened season. I believe nine is the all-time record. So it's like, it's all you got to do is look at that for 50 games. And it's just like, you know, that's, that's tough. So, I mean, it's, it's, there's always that team. I remember not too long ago, Jacksonville Jaguars lost. 20 in a row when they made the Urban Meyer mistake and all that. So, you know, you pull out of it. That's a good thing about this league. Even if you don't have a high first-round pick, which the Panthers don't, they give you enough opportunities to, to rebuild yourself and, and figure it out. So hoping next year they uh, they, they spend wisely and, and hire wisely and fix it. All right, I'm looking here. It's Mark Champion. I've heard of Mark Champion. Oh, is it He's really? Around a, yeah, Mark used Mark to do the, he, did the, he, he did the Lions forever. He's the voice and on the, buying, where are you going? You just won the Super Bowl. Where are you going? Mark Champion is the voice of that. Yeah, that yeah, he is, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. He also is by himself. <laughs> There's no analyst. <laughs> no, 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 I take that back. He's with Rick Mahorn. That could be punishment within itself. No, I well, think Mahorn would hey, be great on the air. Nobody's going to mess with Mark Champion if he's got Rick Mahorn on the, on the side of the right. broadcast uh, and you know, the horde is exacerbated after three and thirty-one or whatever they are right now. So that's yeah. Uh, I mean, think of the, how good those teams were. I don't think he was—he wasn't part of the old bad boys. He doesn't go back that far. I don't think, but maybe he does. I'm trying no, he to was there. Like he was there for a minute. Was and he all was that? there for a hot minute. Yeah, he was there for. I a didn't hot know minute that, that era that. though with Isaiah Thomas. And yeah, he was. And all Horn that. was. Yeah, Joe Dumars. And he well, he was. There he might go. have been at the beginning or the end of it or something, but because he was in Philly with Barkley and Jaminsky, I know that. Uh, My favorite is, you know, bit. Kevin Donnelly, of course, the great Panther, and uh, he's actually on the staff over at North Carolina. He played two years of college football at Davidson. They never won a game. He transferred to North Carolina. Mac Brown's first two years, they won one game each year. <laughs> he played four years of college football and won two games and went on to play 13 years in the, in the NFL. So sometimes you just have to kind of do your thing. Um, but uh, we, we yeah. laugh about that. I mean, sometimes it's just like you look back at that and go, "Yeah, these some of these years are rough." But we've had one and fifteen here. We've had two and fourteen. I would like to not see two and fifteen. So three and fourteen sounds better than two and fifteen. But we'll uh, we'll see. I think they, they're motivated. They only lost by three to Tampa Bay when we played them a month ago. That was the first game with yeah. Chris Taylor. Yeah. So maybe they can pull it out. We'll see. Well, next week, Zoke, uh, we'll really let it rip as you preview the playoffs. How about that? Sure. What else are we going to do? Exactly. Precisely. We've done the bowl the great they're Jim. Over. <laughs> they're over. The great Jim Zoki. Who do you got in the natty, real quick, Zoke? I um, 
I really like Washington's offenses. I like Washington. I like the I, that was a fun team to watch. Okay. I'm a you know we started with Michigan, right? The ECU team. I'm an right. Ohio State guy. Yeah. Off of that, so I can't even like I can't really say it. It's Michigan, so I can't even hardly say it. So I I got to go Washington. I'm gonna be pulling for them. I actually do think they can win. Uh, obviously, Michigan's talented all the way across, and that'd be a difficult one for them. But I think you know they can get some big plays. And with that passing game, so well, I'm going to stay with Washington, see if they can't pull this off. All right, uh, Zoke, appreciate it. We'll talk to you next All week. Right, Have a good one this weekend. Talk to you guys then. There he goes. Great Jim Zoki. Uh, Pilk, I tell you what, let's get a break, and uh, we will come back and do uh, the update and then uh, get Mole to finish the show. So uh, we'll talk with uh, – Mole coming up, a timeout. We come back and Philip the Ref Pilkington has an update for you. And now, the stunning conclusion of the show. It's the P Man here on 94.3 The Game. Nothing like talking a little ball. Uh, college hoops. Brian Mull, college basketball writer, golf writer extraordinaire, joins us here on the PJ Show. Mully, how are you, buddy? P, P- man, I am well. Hope you are, bud. Yeah, happy New Year to you. Um, Likewise. At first, we, we got a lot to talk about here, and uh, short time to get there, so we'll uh, we'll we'll jump right in. At first glance tonight, uh, nothing that uh, necessarily jumps out uh, to me on the college basketball slate uh, tonight. Uh, we do have Temple at South Florida at seven, so there's a little bit of a matchup in the American. But uh, any, anything tonight that uh, tickles your fancy? Uh, not really a marquee type of night. Just a good solid. Conference opening night for a lot of teams. Some teams, their second game at this point. Uh, interesting game out west for the Night Owls, Colorado at Arizona. Mm-hmm. Uh, to two of the top teams in what is left of the Pac-12. Uh, one thing they've still gotten right to the end is their scheduling with a lot of uh, Thursday, Saturday, two-game trips. Uh, but... Uh, yeah, it's just uh, nothing, nothing too spectacular. Big, big weekend Saturday. I think 145 yeah. games with D1 teams on Ooh. Saturday. All right, we'll talk about that in a second. Let's uh, start with uh, some uh, results from the last couple of days. NC State winning in buzzer beater fashion with DJ Burns uh, getting the uh, game winner uh, at Notre Dame on uh, what was a really good play. He got it, didn't panic, threw a good fake, and, and got it to go. So, uh, how about the Wolfpack at 2-0 in the ACC? Yeah, that was a game that you could ill afford to lose if you're harboring any hopes of uh, hearing your name called on Selection Sunday. I think right now, uh, you know, NC State doesn't have a, what you would call a bad loss necessarily. A neutral, Two neutral court losses, the top ten teams, and then a road loss against uh, undefeated Ole Miss. So, uh you you know as much as as winning the the, the key games is important uh, certainly uh, avoiding a loss to a team like Notre Dame that's going to finish in the 150 to 200 range most likely is uh, important and like you said keeps them moving along in the in the conference race uh, ACC race that looks to be extremely extremely open uh, you know I think the top six or eight there's six or eight teams that think they can they can get up there and fight for the top Brian. Uh... 
with uh, the Pack uh, winning the other night, they're going to have Virginia this Saturday, and, and that's kind of a big home game for them. No doubt, no doubt. That would be uh, their most significant win at this point. And then with North Carolina coming in on Wednesday, just a terrific opportunity with uh, back-to-back home games against two of the better teams in the league, both of whom, uh, you know, North Carolina has been playing pretty well and uh, Virginia has, uh, has shown some flashes themselves. So uh, opportunity for state to at the worst, get a split out of those two home games and potentially two and oh, and they'll be sitting at the top of the standings in a few days. Tar Heels will be at uh, Clemson a nooner on uh, Saturday, and uh, that game will be heard on Oldies 94-1 and 102-7 uh, here in the Eastern North Carolina market. Um, Tar Heels are trending in the right direction, though, uh, it seems right now. Uh, an impressive win at Pitt on the road, uh, and uh, we'll see what they could do against Clemson. Yeah, they. Um, I thought that win at Pitt showed a lot of their maturity. Uh, they did not shoot the ball particularly well early, fell behind, and just seemed to kind of stay the course there and got a lot of contributions from uh, some of their role players a night where R.J. Davis didn't shoot the ball his best. So uh, that was a big, big step in the right direction for UNC. I mean, they're certainly looking like a legit ACC title contender and, uh, you know, team that could advance pretty deep in the NCAA tournament at this point. They'll, they'll get a pretty hungry, angry Clemson team in a uh, raucous arena um, on Saturday, though, uh, Clemson coming off that loss to Miami. Yeah. Uh, we're talking uh, college hoops with Brian Mall. He's with us uh, here. And uh, we uh, continue to roll on here on the Patrick Johnson Show, college basketball writer extraordinaire, Brian Mull with us. Um, hey, uh, Duke also seems to be trending in the right direction right now. Uh, blew by Syracuse at home in the second half. Now they have to go on the road themselves to Notre Dame uh, for that uh, 6 o'clock uh, prime slot to tip off a game on Saturday. Yeah, injuries early in the season can work a couple of different ways, but I think in this instance with Tyrese Proctor being out for a couple of weeks, Jared McCain really took advantage, um, and Caleb Foster to a lesser degree, you know, two freshmen knowing that they were going to be playing a large chunk of minutes and, and needing to produce more, and uh, McCain is as good of a shooter, I think, as we've seen at Duke in at least a decade, if not going back to J.J. Redick. I mean, he, he's just uh, something they really haven't had in recent years in that automatic three-point shooter. Uh, Bart Mitchell's emergence the other night is tremendous. They're not going to reach their goals or reach their potential without Mark Mitchell being a very important piece. And, uh, you know, he struggled a little bit offensively, but I think he's starting to find his place within the system. So, uh yeah, Duke's Duke's trending upward. Uh they seem to be seem to have a good chemistry and, and uh I expect them to uh you know continue as their schedule stays fairly reasonable here through January. I really like McCain. I think he's he's got a lot of potential, quite obviously. Uh we're talking uh college hoops with Brian Mall. Pirates, uh let's shift our gears there. Go on the road the other night at FAU was coming off a perplexing loss against Florida Gulf Coast. East Carolina in a little bit of a grinder, played very, very well. I think had the score maybe in a manageable area on the road against a top 20 caliber, top 10 caliber team, and uh, then just came to pieces the last four or five minutes of the game. Yeah, that was disappointing because, uh, as Mike Schwartz said, they played so well for 35 minutes, but then the result doesn't uh, represent the way that they were able to compete. Um, you know, you walk out of there with a 15-point loss, you can only feel so good about that. 
they will have an opportunity here, I feel like, with this next stretch, you know, uh, Tulsa at home and Temple away, where they, they need to uh, gain some momentum. Um, these are two very winnable games. Uh, they've really not, uh, outside the UNCW, and not really had a signature win to this point. So uh, need to build some momentum before uh, welcoming SMU and North Texas in the following week. And, you know, I, I don't know if uh, exactly what's amiss with the Pirates, but I think uh, most folks entering the season expected a little bit better than 7-7 seven and seven at this point, but all of that will be forgotten if they can find it here in the second half of the regular season and, and, and finish strong. Uh, Brian Mull's with us uh, here. A few more minutes with him as uh, we welcome him to the program today. We'll also, before we uh, wrap up the show, tell you about tomorrow's program. Uh, Pirates will have uh, on uh, Sunday on the U and here on 94.3 the game, uh, Tulsa coming. And uh, Tulsa's a pretty well-coached team this year. Yeah, they are. Uh, Eric Conkle is doing a nice job there. Uh, they did just get some bad news that uh, – Keiston Willis, who's been out uh, since early in the season, was expected to be one of their starting guards, has um, going to be out for the rest of the year. But, uh, gotcha. yeah, Eric's doing a nice job there. He, uh, you know, is year two, kind of kind of building the thing from the ground up and uh much different team than we saw from Tulsa a year ago and I think uh, highly competitive. Uh, you know, I, I don't know if anybody wants to uh, jump into that Memphis tornado uh, right now, but um, – uh, I expect Tulsa to, to finish somewhere in the middle of the American for sure. Yeah, and uh, they've got a great player in P.J. Haggerty, great young player. Uh, they've got a tough one tonight. They'll get Memphis at 8 o'clock tonight. That's kind of interesting. Yeah, yeah, that's a difficult one. Um, I did hear there there may be a, a little bit of illness going around, as is going around the country uh, at this various programs, a little bit of illness that could affect some of Memphis's key guys there. But, um, mm. you know, it's conference, conference basketball. We've already seen it. Uh, anything can happen and the home teams, uh, just, uh, you know, you always feel like you have a shot at home, uh, looking around box scores the last few nights and just teams that have been shooting 35, 38% for the season on threes or go into a conference game on the road and shoot 25 or 28. And that can be the difference between winning or losing. So, uh, you know, you just have to be ready. Each night, and um, any anyone is capable of beating anyone. Uh, Notre Dame's a great example of that, losing at home to the Citadel and then turning around and beating Virginia. Yeah. Uh, tomorrow night, Illinois and uh, Purdue in Indiana, so that'll be uh, a top-ten matchup. Uh, what are some of the other games, particularly Saturday, that stand out? Yeah, Saturday, I think that UNC Clemson game is right, right at the top, uh, as far as, uh, you know, a couple of 20, top 25 teams. I think Kentucky and Florida is another very interesting game on, on a national scale and then a little bit closer to home. Uh, Miami at Wake. I've really liked what I've seen from Wake Forest, uh, ever since the, the big guy Reed became, uh, available here a few games ago, uh, really locking down on the defensive end. Off to a two and zero start themselves in the ACC with a nice road win at Boston College, and uh, opportunity to uh, to pick up another win that will help you on Selection Sunday. I feel like uh, Forbes has done a good job there, but it's time for him to get the Demon Deacons into the NCAA tournament. And uh, as of right now, they're they're trending in that direction. Great stuff, Brian. We'll uh, we'll catch you next week. Appreciate the time very much. Okay, Patrick, thank you, and uh, 
have a great have a great weekend. There he goes, Brian Mull. Awesome to talk to him. Good stuff uh, from uh, from Mull there uh, on uh, the Patrick Johnson uh, show. Hey, coming up uh, tomorrow, uh, we're going to be on at uh, 10 a.m. on the video feed. So 10 in the morning on our video platforms. Doug Martin and Brian Murphy from WRAL. So we'll preview the uh, national championship game with uh, Coach Martin. And, uh, kind of talk, uh, the season with him. We'll, uh, talk with him about some things as it pertains to his, uh, spring and, uh, spring football goes. And, uh, we'll also talk with, uh, Brian Murphy, the sports betting, uh, commission, I guess, met today. Um, you know, they're not, they, they, the window starts for sports betting to begin in the state next week. Now it's not going to start. It's not ready. Uh, but, uh, we'll, we'll maybe have an idea of what's going to happen with that, uh, out of this meeting today. And, uh, and we'll talk to Brian about that, uh, tomorrow. And, uh, what are the prospects? Those, those kind of brick and mortar locations are no, are a ways off, but, uh, the onlines like, uh, the various sites out there, FanDuel and, uh, DraftKings and others, uh, should be able to be up and running pretty, pretty quickly. So, uh, We'll get an update uh, tomorrow. We return to our 5 o'clock slot on Friday on the radio. So we hope you'll join us uh, then. And, uh, of course, uh, if we're uh, unable to do that, no, we will uh, be on at 10 in the morning on our uh, video platforms tomorrow. All right. Big thanks to Brian Mull uh, for being on with us, talking some hoops. Jim Zoki, good stuff with Zoke. Philip the Ref Pilkington, nice job as always. And uh, we'll be back tomorrow, 10 on video. Five in uh, the on the radio side with Doug Martin on the Patrick Johnson show. See you in the morning on Talk of the Town, and then back here on the radio side at five, video side at ten tomorrow. Have a great, great, great rest of your evening.